And a question, especially verbally, could simply be a request that we fellowship on a certain matter. It may not be formulated as a question. So I have these two, but I don't know if I should start here. I'll certainly respond to them, but I'm not sure we should begin with these two. Depends. What would you like your meeting to cover? Well, I'll respond to one of these, and maybe while this is going on, you'll have more consideration. Um, I've been very helped by the fellowship that for the touching of our strongest part, the breaking, we should ask the Lord for the experience we need and continue pursuing positively. You've mentioned the, quote, multitudes stranded at this, at this part of the third stage of experience, having not been touched. What is it that these saints who haven't passed Peniel have done or not done for this to happen? I don't think it's possible to give a comprehensive response that will cover all the situations. This is something only God knows in full. Only he knows the heart. The Lord said to the church in Thyatira, all the churches will know that I am he who searches the inward parts and the hearts. So we need to stay within limits and not presume to an understanding that is just beyond our capacity. So I can bring forth a few things that I'm reasonably certain of in some cases. But even this may not fully account for one situation. I remember observing two brothers in the early years in Eldon Hall. And they were both evidently under the Spirit's discipline. But eventually, the Lord removed his hand and let them go. That is just a fact. Eventually, they both left the church life. One eventually left his wife, as well as the church life. Then resurfaced some years later with married to someone else. They both had this characteristic that they were exceedingly clever in the self. Um, In quite a noticeable way. And no matter what happened, 
they had a way to get out. They had an explanation. They could talk their way through. So it seemed that in this case, the Lord decided to let them go indefinitely and revisit them later. I believe another factor, um, this is what something, something one may sense, but again, only the Lord knows for sure. <clears throat> Some saints have not progressed personally in their own pursuit of the Lord, especially related to depth. Their whole church life is routine. It's outward. Nothing wrong with it. But you don't sense any inner development. Any fruit suggesting the formation of Christ within them. Rather, what remains is the same taste, the same outer man with the same protective shield. That you, you study Brother Nee's ministry along this line. He talks about the need for the roots to go deep. The need to have a hidden history before the Lord. He talks about those who can release life into the body. They are always under the discipline of the spirit, but that is not seen and need not be seen. But what is evident is the increased outflow of life from them. Then related to this is another phenomenon. A brotherly addresses this in the book, The Experience and Growth of Life, where he is dealing with the conscience or addressing dealing with the conscience, which is altogether necessary in two ways. It's necessary as a stage in the experience of life. So before I came into the Lord's recovery, I wasn't in the line of life. I hadn't cleared my past. I didn't know what consecration was. And surely I didn't deal with the conscience the way a believer should. They just confess, obviously, bad things. So dealing with the conscience is a stage. And the Lord is always thorough with us at any given stage. And so one learns to have a good conscience, a pure conscience. Then the second way we deal with the conscience is not as a stage, 
But as a lifelong exercise related to walking according to the Spirit, where we have failures, we have shortcomings, and our conscience protests, and we clear the matter. But that is not remaining at the stage. That is a constant exercise. But we have observed, and Brother Lee points out in the book I just mentioned, that some stop there. And they do not advance to the God-man living, but they are good, ethical, moral, upright, righteous, spiritual in quotes, believers. And it becomes apparent <clears throat> when, you con- when you contrast that with a more mature believer living the life of a God-man, you see a striking difference in expression. Because these saints have stopped there, they haven't entered the third stage. And because they haven't passed through the third stage, they cannot know the body in the fourth stage. Now, so related to the third stage, I do believe there is some, again, it's related to one's personal history of one seeking the Lord, not only according to what the church is pursuing, but you're seeking the Lord for your own growth and development. And the Lord is enlightening you and guiding you and leading you to ministry that will help you. I also feel that there has been a colossal shortage of shepherding of saints through this stage. Virtually none. Virtually none. Because if shepherding is mainly addressed to problems and needs rather than to spiritual advancement, then one may just, you let go the whole matter of, of helping the believers understand this stage. And this is related, this is a sidebar, but it came out in the fellowship with the leading brothers last Saturday, that the ones taking the lead watch over the souls of the saints. This must mean at least that we oversee with a view to caring, nourishing, much like the Lord is the overseer and shepherd of our souls. And the brothers realize here is a dear brother, a dear sister, who surely is about to enter into this stage. It's not a huge mystery. Parents can tell when their children are out of elementary school and junior high. They surely know the difference it makes when they're teenagers and when they're young adults. And so I'm not indicting anybody. I'm just trying to understand the phenomenon. 
There is very little, I believe, very little ministry in the churches on this. When we deal with the experience of life, it's usually only the first two stages. Then another factor, and maybe I'm exhausting now my limited understanding, is the unwillingness of many to be touched. They just do not present themselves to the Lord in simplicity to ask the Lord to care for them in this way. And if we don't have on our part a specific consecration to this, rather there's a resistance to this, then the Lord has to devote a lot of time just to make us willing. And whether or not he chooses to do this is up to him. Then along with this, not progressing through the third stage, is the fact that human life is not static inwardly when one reaches middle age. Other things grow. Brotherly had a perfecting training just for Anaheim and Huntington Beach, Southern California, around 1980. He wouldn't release the tapes even to Texas for quite a long time. And his underlying burden framed as a question was, does your growth in life match the time you have been in the church life? And in that big book, and in some other ministry, you see things grow like disposition and peculiarity. This was a training, and it was a limited training. When he came to peculiarity, Brother Lee identified it as an antichrist. And then he said this, one of the most striking things I ever heard him say along this line. He said it would have been better for certain saints if they had died sooner than they did. Because they really advanced quite well up to a certain point. Then that advancement stopped and disposition and especially peculiarity took over. And peculiarity is very aggressive like an aggressive cancer. It eventually, you know, usurps one's being and warps one's being to the point that probably it cannot be touched even by God because the person physically may not be able to to go through that. In this training, Brother Lee 
publicly named a brother who had been a co-worker with him in the Philippines in the 50s. So the brother was approaching 60. And he said to him, you have not grown an inch in 30 years. Now suppose you were there and Brother Lee did that. What I believe many of the brothers would do, Brother Lee wouldn't say this thing of sisters. There would be some kind of hysterical reaction. We'd have to call 911. I believe we would all be shocked. But then we would realize that this is a word of love. This is a faithful word of love. And I know from direct experience that the Lord would then shepherd the brother to contact Brother Lee and say, Brother Lee, I receive your word concerning me with thanksgiving. I do not want to remain the same. I I present myself to you to receive help. Would you please help me? I know he would do this and is able to do this because, as you might have heard, after he ministered along the line of disposition, I was constrained by the Lord to ask him for a time to make a request, and my request was, will you, Brother Lee, touch my disposition? And you might be interested, it was a brief conversation. The events followed later. It was very simple. He said, Brother, the Lord will gain us. Then he said, we work together. And then he said, surely I will do it. But this brother's disposition, and I need to use this word, and I can define it, was jocular, related to joke. He coped with everything by laughing it off. So there's not the sobriety. So eight or nine years later, he left in that turmoil. So by 89, he was gone. In about 1995 or six, I took my wife to 369 to get Chinese food. And he was there. And, you know, he was affable. He came over and greeted us. Now it had been 46 years. No change. Then he could tell how happy he was to be among the leading ones in this new group. That's the last time I saw him, but a co-worker sister, also from the Philippines, 
who knew him from youth, told me how, the, how he ended. He was diagnosed with cancer that was untreatable and uncurable. And until the very end of his life, like the last few days, he was still going out to Chinese restaurants to enjoy Chinese food. This left a very deep and lasting impression on me. I got to know him starting in 1966. And in this case, his disposition in its full development directed his being. And Brother Lee tried, desperately tried to gain him. He laughed it off. So there can be in our being a lack of seriousness, sobriety, earnestness that can be um, developed in us simply by reading the ministry, reading the book, the experience of life, realizing I don't understand this, I'm not here yet. Reading the ministry all the way back to the life study of Genesis on transformation and maturation and praying about it and seeking the Lord about it personally instead of just zipping through or I shouldn't say zipping, let's just say instead of simply limiting your time with the Lord to what is in the Holy Word for Morning Revival for that day, which is the common pursuit of the church and which we should pursue. But what about your own need before the Lord, your own development before the Lord? And so the combination of not being enlightened, of not being willing, plus the fact that Human beings undergo an inward change as they age. And the self, the disposition, and the peculiarity can very much increase until it just dominates one's whole being. So you put all these things together, it gives us some amount of understanding of how this happens. There is the mysterious element of God's choice and his sovereignty. But when Brother Lee ministered on disposition, by the Lord's mercy, I took that in and I was desperate with the Lord. Desperate. I do not agree that disposition become the ruling factor in my life. And this took a few years. But if someone just lightheartedly reads that ministry or avoids that ministry, 
Take it selectively. Then you limit the opportunity for the Spirit to work in you. I don't think this burden for the saints' growth in life will ever leave me while I have breath. I'm not going to be distracted by it because eventually we have to concentrate on the sheep who are responding. On the sheep who are responding. We don't neglect any sheep. But we have to pour our being into the saints that are responding. Then in addition to all of this, this is coming to mind. I do believe unintentionally we have held ourselves back by what I would call passive acceptance of the ministry. And by passive acceptance, I mean something like this. Brother Lee has a conference where he has a training. And by extension, whatever the Lord is ministering today, we agree with. And we receive it. And that's it. But consider the example of David. He wanted to build a house for God. The Lord said, no. You will have a seed. Your seed will be my son. He will build me a house. I will establish his kingdom. What did David do? Do you recall from Second Samuel 7? He didn't say, thank you, prophet so-and-so. Uh, thank you, Lord. That, that's, um, this is a good word. David sat down before the Lord and prayed that word back. And then he said, Lord, do as you have spoken. Okay, let's take the line, just the line on organic salvation. Judicial redemption and organic salvation. The last few years of Brother Lee's ministry. Climaxing with his last conference on the grafted life. Fresh light is breaking out. And organic salvation is presented in tandem with the high peak of the divine revelation. Actually, as the way we are become God in life, nature, and expression, but not in the Godhead. And he went through all the aspects. How many saints prayed the main points of those messages back and thereby applying them personally? Lord, to take a walk or to be alone with the Lord. Lord, sanctification, subjective sanctification. I pray for this in my own life. Saturate me with the Spirit, renewing. Lord, don't let me get old. Don't let me get stale. Renew my mind. Renew me in the spirit of the mind. And on it goes. 
This is what I mean by passive acceptance. Surely, just about anyone living and breathing in a local church would rather be an overcomer than not. We surely want to be overcomers. Well, Brother Lee had ministry on the stage of intensification where Christ is producing overcomers by himself as a sevenfold intensified spirit. I don't know what happened. Someone prayed for me. This was not from my own seeking. Surely it was the Lord, but I believe someone on the earth must have interceded for me. Because one Friday afternoon, about, what, 19 years ago, I just woke up. And I realized I need to pray and apply all the things I've been hearing. All the things. And pray for the Lord's Spirit to work them out. And the Lord knows how many hundreds and hundreds of times, almost like breathing and drinking, I would pray this. And walk through the park and pray, Lord, you know I want to be an overcomer. I can't be an overcomer. By yourself as a seven-pole spirit, produce me as an overcomer. To overcome the degradation of the church and to build up the body of Christ and to consummate the new Jerusalem. I believe that this one thing of an active response, we're not promising to do anything because we know we can't. But we don't let things go with a fleeting impression. It's not hard to do. You can do it while you're showering, while you're shaving, while you're driving. Lord, we had a training on maturation now. Lord, I pray that I will mature long before I die. Bring me to maturity for the sake of the church. Then the message is on reigning in life. Lord, work in me, train me to reign in life. I just bear witness to the Lord's faithfulness. That when we pray, he does something. When we're passive, he waits. And the sheer matter of being passive, along with so many other things, has been a big factor in the very slow progress. Because central to the question raised here, to which I'm giving a marathon-length response, but perhaps that is the mind of the Spirit, is we come to realize all our basic problems are inward. They're not other people. They're not situations. They're not matters. They are the flesh, the self, and the natural constitution. What's in the second stage is a necessary external dealing 
to deal with matters that cover up our inward situation. So we deal with the world. We deal with sin. We deal with the conscience. But our entire spiritual future in this age is determined by whether or not we pass through the third stage. And many, many saints have gone ahead of us. By the time Brother Lee and his wife came to the USA, they had been in the fourth stage for a long time. He went on from maturity to maturity. The way has been cut open. And here and there, there are saints who have progressed. But we need something to be put into us. As entered me that day, somebody prayed. I never had the thought about it. I never would have done it until now. Then the ministry helped the central work of God. God working himself into us. The life study of First and Second Samuel, Brother Lee, interrupted the sequence of messages to give six or seven supplementary messages on Christ building himself into us. The central work of God. We've had conferences on it. But once you see it, then it affects your prayer. So every day, now for I don't know how many years, to pray a version of Ephesians 3 for myself, for my immediate family and extended family, and the Lord knows how many saints and churches. Brother Lee, in the book, How to Administrate the Church, is a chapter on the faith and love that a serving one should have. He talks about this prayer at length. He said, when you touch this prayer, you hardly know what else to pray for. If I'm burdened to pray for Brother Ray, what, what, what should I pray? That he would be more humble, that he would be more loving, that the Lord would give him the strength for the trials? Maybe so. I think the best prayer would be to pray that the Father of glory would strengthen him with power through his spirit into the inner man, that Christ may make his home in his heart through faith, that he would be filled unto all the fullness of God. This is agreeing with God's target. Now we and God have the same focus, and our inner being is open to this central work. And then the Lord can go on, I would say, unhindered, unhindered. So we put all of these matters together. I think we have some degree of understanding. So that's, what, what was that? Yeah, go ahead, brother.
the Lord is faithful, and he tells him to depart from him. But what was it? How, on what ground could he do that? Because he's always faithful to give us some kind of a heads up, you know, some kind of a dealing or warning. What was it that happened that so many could not? Okay, let's examine the context there. That's a very good question and a very crucial matter. The Lord says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of the heavens, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So that is the criterion. Then he says, many will come to me in that day who said, and we believe accurately, we prophesied in your name. Cast out demons in your name. Did works of power in your name. And the Lord will say, Depart from me, workers of lawlessness. I do not know you. So here the matter is the Father's will. Versus what God in his graciousness and this age of grace will allow people to do. The earth is filled with all manner of Christian works. How many are an expression of the will of the Father mentioned in Matthew 6 related to the kingdom? So here you have in this case, Christian workers. And by the way, this is a little bit of a testimony. Even bef just before I came into the Lord's recovery, I was bothered by this verse in Matthew. I had to know what it meant. And this is just a fact. Maybe I've been in the recovery six months. I'm 27 years old. I said, Lord, you must show me what this means. And the Lord did show me. It was already in the body. I didn't know that. This has to do with being governed by God's will and not doing what he would allow you to do. But now to connect what Merrill just brought up with what we've been saying the last part of our being to be transformed is the will. And the growth in life involves the subduing of every part of the soul. Eventually, it's the will. When the will is really subdued, then, then deep within we can say, Lord, I only want your ordained will for my whole life. Do not allow me to do what you would permit. I don't want to live there. I'd like to be subdued. I'd like to have a neck like the Tower of David. I'd like to have the hair indicating subjection. So we're in the age of grace. So the father can let his children do a lot of things. 
so they can build glass cathedrals that will eventually be sold to the Roman Catholic Church. and They can do all kinds of things. But what the Lord needs is a small number who don't care for that. I will do the will of God at any cost. I will pray for the will of God to be done on earth. I want all of my service to be governed by the will of God as the first God-man was who really is a will of God man. And this converges with the whole matter of our inward growth in life because the the mind is renewed, the emotion is then directed, then the will is transformed. That is the last part of our being to be transformed. You see this portrayed in Song of Songs. Then we become the Shulamite. Then we're one with him. Then we can carry out his economy. And this was just beautifully illustrated. In all the time that I was with or observed Brother Lee, and toward the very end of his life, when we knew he was suffering this affliction, he came in late to a meeting of the brothers prior to a ministry meeting. And he just said, that he worshipped the Lord for the Lord's dealing. He worshipped the Lord. He just fully yielded to that. And so it, this is an inward work that requires us to have a time with the Lord where we open our being to the Lord, where you can have direct fellowship with him about your own situation. You have the rest of the day to pray about everything else, to care about all kinds of works and services and activities. But it makes a huge difference whether we learn to have a hidden, deepening life with the Lord, which gives him the ground to do anything he wants in us. Anything. I know sometimes when I refer to this kind of consecration, some saints are scared. So I tell them, okay, tell the Lord you're scared. Tell the Lord, I'm, not, I'm afraid to open completely to you. Okay, then can you open a crack? Then the Lord will be happy to start with a crack. But in that whole line of ministry, in that book, Perfecting Training, Brotherly has an amazing message entitled, Vessels Open to the Lord. He said Paul's entire 14 epistles can be summarized with these two words, open vessels. So this is a key. So no one, we can't pry one another open. We can't do that. And God himself is not going to pry your being open. Something needs to happen to saint after saint after saint where they will open their inner being to the Lord and pray for his organic salvation to take effect in them. But sorry, I do know elders and wives of elders haven't grown. I've been back in Anaheim almost 20 years, 20 years now. No change. No change from 1984. Now, 30 years later, 
You try to tell the brother that, he'll be angry. You tell the sister that, she'll cry. So we just leave them alone. Try to say something in a general way, but they avoid those meetings. Whatever, anyway. This is a big burden because the building up of the body depends on the growth in life. And the growth in life depends upon the triune God increasing in us. And the human element decreasing, the self being broken, and all the parts of the soul being subdued. And there's a principle that if we just hear about it and passively agree, very little will happen. Then the Lord, through the discipline of the Holy Spirit, will work on us, who knows how many years, just to make us willing. But suppose we woke up and we become willing now. Then we don't need the discipline of the Holy Spirit to make us willing. We need the discipline of the Holy Spirit for other things, but not for that. Then Christ in the stage of intensification can do a lot in a short period of time. That's why I won't give up on anybody. If a brother came into this meeting and left the Lord's recovery 30 years ago, and now he's 64, we not only welcome him here, we would say, let's agree together to bind the lie of the enemy that it's too late. It's not too late. The Lord said, I will restore the years the locusts have eaten. He will restore the years. How? I don't know. But you just open yourself to what the Lord is doing now. He didn't bring you back to play with you. He's not that kind of person. He brought you back to gain you. You just open to him, pray to him, and you'll see him do wonderful things. Because the goal is the building up of the body. Part of the enemy's stratagem is just to interfere with the growth in life of thousands of saints. Keep them on the level of being good persons. Then they can have a kind of good church life. Until Brother Lee comes along, as he did in 1994, and said, is this all the Lord wants? The churches are a procedure. The goal is the reality of the body of Christ. And he said at that time to the whole recovery, he didn't see it anywhere. And three years later, he passed away. We cannot let that burden fade away. That has to be carried out. And if my generation won't do it, then we'll pour everything we can to the next generation and to the generation following. They have to see this vision and they have to see the way is through growing in life to maturity. To maturity. That's why you can tell. The burden is unending. Just unending. But the yoke is easy and the burden is light. That's why I could go on and on about this. Seemingly a question and response, it turns into a conference. Responding to one matter, we'll still come to the second question. But I don't know of anything more central than this. Then some whole churches, whole churches are held back because the leading brothers have not advanced. You know, the ministry on the two, the holy place and the 
Holy of Holies, the two veils with two sets of pillars, and the outer veil, this is for people to enter into the tent of meeting through the evangelists, through the gospel, those really burdened for the gospel, through them people come in. Then we're in the holy place, we're enjoying the bread, the lampstand, incense altar. Then there's another veil. The goal is the holy of holies. But if the brothers and the sisters in the church have not experienced the breaking of the second veil, there's no way in. And in the life study of Exodus, message 100, Brother Lee describes churches where the whole church is crowded into the holy place and the whole church cannot go on because the leading brother's flesh has not been broken. Well, we're going to have another elders training. I believe we'll have a good elders training. But not really. Not really. Maybe the brothers would never come. Maybe they think no one can render the help. We need a training that will pierce the flesh and break the self of the leading brothers. Not that we can do it, but we can focus on this. Without this, your whole church is held back by you. I don't want to have that responsibility. It's enough to answer from my own life and my, from my own weaknesses and failures. But to have the Lord to say, you would not let me get through. And you held so many saints back because you wouldn't let me touch you. But if we would have the vision of the Holy of Holies, if we would be touched by the patterns in Brother Nee and Brother Lee and some others, we'd realize it's worth any price, Lord. I didn't come this far to save myself, to save my soul life, to spare myself from you. So if in more places there are just patterns of saints that they don't give messages or respond to a single question like I'm doing with an ultra marathon. Now we left marathon back 10 minutes ago. Now it's ultra marathon. But you can tell something has happened in them. Amen. You can tell. And when these saints leave us, it's a great loss. When Sister Lee left us, that was a deep loss. Not because, oh, she was a prayer warrior, whatever a prayer warrior really is. She prayed a lot, so we needed sisters to pray a lot. Yeah, we need the sisters to pray a lot. Once you've been broken, and once you've matured the way she's been broken and matured. We don't, we don't need sisters with a strong soul praying a lot. We need sisters with a broken soul interceding day and night. There's just no end to this. You touch this. There's no end to it in me. The only way for it to stop is you send me back to California on Monday and you bring your brother with another portion and he'll perfect you in another way and that's fine. Sorry, but if I come around, you're just going to get this. That's all I can offer. But I need to respond to this other question. 
Uh, unless you want to say something or you want to ask something more about this, I, I more or less think th- that qualifies as a response, wouldn't you say? <laughs> that was a response. That's right. That's the second veil. And that signifies the flesh. So, when the Lord was crucified, the veil was rent from top to bottom, signifying the way is opened. Now, that needs to be applied to us because according to Song of Songs, we become the tent of meeting. We become the dwelling place. So, we need to have this as an experience. And then not only we can go on, but so many others can go on through us. I'm going to add now a little bit to this. There's another message along this line in the life study of Philippians called The Better Choice of Paul, where Paul says, and he had been carried away to paradise, so he had reason to want to go there. He said, my desire, my preference is to depart and be with Christ. It's much better. But for your progress and joy in the faith, I will remain with you. So that was his choice. He said, I know. I mean, what kind of suffering did he have? I know it would be much better for me. I'd be much happier. If I could just finish now and be with the Lord. But you're here. And for your progress and joy in the faith, I will remain. And Brother Lee's whole point in the burden in that message is that Paul was a channel of supply. Through which the Lord could impart himself into the believers. This is really according to the principle of incarnation. And Brother Lee points out there, I have to refer to Brother Lee because it's his message. I have to honor him as the one who spoke this. I didn't. He said some whole countries are closed because not one person can be a channel of supply. Not one person. So in this light, it didn't surprise me at all that when Russia opened. Brother Lee sent our brother Benson Phillips there. And others, because a channel of supply is there, not just a worker, but a channel of supply for the entire Russian-speaking world. And I go there twice a year until I don't, but I've been doing it for a long time. You just see what the Lord has done through that channel of supply. So this is another way of looking at it. It's kind of mysterious. You think the saints can, they have the word, they have the ministry, they have the church life, they can just grow. Well, Paul's view is, You need me to stay with you so I can be a channel for your progress and joy in the faith. This is why the recovery needs maturing saints, sisters and brothers. 
whether they're leading ones or whether they're workers or in the ministry is secondary. Simply their being in the church is a supply. I've had two mothers in the Lord's recovery. Sister Lee was one. And another sister you might have never heard of, originally from New York, Clara Albrecht. Very limited due to a heart condition. But the sheer existence of this sister in the church was a channel of supply, her very presence. And at least some need to have this intrinsic view so that while we're doing so many necessary, indispensable Outward things, and outward is not negative. Outward means practical. At the same time, the intrinsic activity of life is taking place unseen to bring in their reality. And the saints come into that situation, and they can grow without hindrance. Brother Lee, until he breathed his last, was advancing, always seeing more, always going on. He just opened the way for us. Okay, I think I have exhausted that. Why do you think it has been difficult to gain increase in the churches in the USA? What can be done? I can only share a limited perspective. Brothers with another kind of function, can give a much fuller answer. Ask the same question of Brother Minoro next time he's here. Okay? And you'll get a fuller answer. I'm not passing the buck to him. I will say something. I'm just letting you know that I'm limited by my measure. And he is released by his measure. I think one reason is Overall, the culture of ease in the U.S., the preoccupations, the distractions, all the things of this life, the love of the world, the influence of Christianity. Um, I think this is one factor. I think another factor is um, are, are less than vital action in announcing the gospel according to the God-ordained way with the desperation for increase. I hope this next comment doesn't bother you, but I don't think establishing de facto ethnic churches has helped. If you have a, a suburb of a major city and the majority of population is X, and there is a small minority which is Y, but that small minority is cultured and quite active, and you establish a local church in that city in which population X dominates, and everyone in the church is Y, and you speak the language of Y, it might be a little hard for Americans unless they have a blinding vision. Now, when I came into the church life, it was just the Lord's mercy 
Everybody was Chinese in San Francisco, except for now five of us. But I didn't care. I just wanted to know, is this the church according to the truth? By the way, I rather like Chinese people anyway, but that is a side, that is a side comment. But actually, I don't know, the Americans, you know, this is another factor. I think our reluctance to move, to migrate, a culture of ease in the church life. I don't know how many times I've heard from the mouths of trainees how their parents don't want them to be in the training or don't want them to go to Boston or don't want them to serve full time. And God forbid you should marry a co-worker. Why can't you accept the double message we've been giving you? Believe in the Lord, be in the church, and live a nice life here in Malibu. Can't you have the church life in Malibu? Why do you have to go to Fargo? Why do you have to go to some faraway place? I know the Lord said you go to the ends of the earth, but that's not for us. That's not for Y. That's for X to do that. So you put all these things together. I think we have some understanding what can be done. I'm not even going to attempt to address that. Brother Lee has given us much in the books on the vital groups. The vital groups are composed of saints that are burdened for the increase and spread of the church. He has a lot of ministry on this. The ministry on the God-ordained way in all of its aspects. Actually, that's what we should do. And there are places. I don't want to name any place, but there are places. Some of them are by campuses and some are not. That they are getting some increase. But I don't know. I'm ready to admit Americans are difficult. Maybe they're difficult because they're in America. Maybe if you ship them to Afghanistan and they are under duress, then they might be open to hear the gospel of the kingdom. And that's all I can say about this. So please remember this. When Brother Minoru comes, address the same question to him, and then it'll be his opportunity to give a marathon response because he has a lot of burden and a lot of function related to this. Just for clarity, my function is overwhelmingly concentrated on ministry, secondarily on work. So I'm in the work, but I'm in the work coordinating with brothers in the forefront of the lead for the spread of the work. This is why we have a beautiful, harmonious Coordination, living creatures, this one goes first, that one goes backwards, then this one goes first, and this one goes sideways. It's quite beautiful to see. That's a little sidebar.
Okay, you you began by talking about a situation. Is this an environment? Is this a situation? I mean, you could say it's a circumstance. Is an environment something that's happening or not happening? Okay, okay. Okay, no, I don't want you to open it. But, okay, things do not happen to us by accident. And I agree in general with we need the Lord speaking. But if we are under the Lord's hand or under his dealing, through the environment or through some kind of situation, eventually we need, our prayer needs to be very specific Inquiring, Lord, what are you after in this? What are you trying to gain? What are you trying to touch? This has been going on for this period of time. I don't think the Lord wants to say, my grace is sufficient for you. The Lord may want to enlighten you. This is why it's happening. That in, as an illustration, in 1987, I became very, very seriously ill. And Dr. Rick Scatterday took me to the hospital. Eventually, after a couple of days, there had to be emergency surgery, and they identified the situation. The gallbladder was gangrenous. It was a lethal condition. And then sepsis had set in. There are other things. So it just took some days Long days in the hospital to get through and to come through safely. Then I remember I got home in the quiet of one morning. I just sat down before the Lord and I said, Lord, what is going on here? What do you want? What are you doing? And then some understanding came. Now you cannot force the Lord to respond, but the discipline of the Holy Spirit always has a specific aim. Even with Job, as, as perplexing as it was to him, 
from God's point of view, it had a particular aim, and it had an end. So James uses the expression, you have heard, you know, the end. And it's sad, and this is related to what we talked about at such length. Things happen to saints year after year, year after year. And they don't open to the Lord to inquire of him. Why is this happening? Not in the way of complaining. Lord, what are you after? How may I cooperate with you? So maybe this might be helpful. You know, the situation, don't talk about it. Whether it's a matter of the heart or a relationship or whatever it is. If it's a concrete human situation that you're in. And it's not easy to be in. Then there's a reason for it. It's certainly the Lord is not punishing you. Okay, He's not angry at you. He's not mad at you. He loves you. He's not punishing you. But, but something is operating here by design. And what is really sad in the lives of believers is that things happen their whole lives and nothing is affected by it. And one way to secure the effect is to acknowledge to the Lord, you are behind this in a hidden way. I don't know what's going on. You know what's going on. I am coming to you. I am opening to you. I'm willing to be enlightened. Whatever you want to do, I agree with you. This may, I don't say this will, I have no right to say that. But this may open the way for the Lord either to enlighten you or he does something. And when he does something, you realize that was it. Then the matter is lifted and you go on to another, another stage. Okay? Are we good now? Are we done now? Technically, the time was to one thirty. I didn't think we'd go past 1, but I'm responsible for that. Okay. <laughs> I accept full responsibility. Amen. Amen. Lord, we pray for our real growth in life. Amen. We pray for all the beloved saints. Amen. Shepherd our soul. Amen. Oh, make us normal in the growth in life for the building up of your body. Amen. 